0: It goes a little uh, you like gotta this. stop, collaborate, and listen. Julie's here with
1: a brand new invention. This podcast grabs a hold of you tightly. Push the play button, listen to it daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Push subscribe and let's go. Woo! Welcome. I'm so grateful you're tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Today, we dive deep into launching, marketing, and automations in your business. Whether you're ready to hire someone to help you with your launch or you're creating your first product, what Jen shares today is a framework for how to think about each phase of business that you're in and how to get the best results and the targeted support you need for each of those phases. Now, this is a jam packed episode, so I'm not going to keep you in the intro but if you haven't yet had the opportunity to connect with Jen, she once lived a life of a business muggle at times feeling powerless and wishing she could just take a quick broomstick ride to success until one day she discovered the magical blend that would change her business and life forever. Now she teaches entrepreneurs how to brew their own special profit potions as a lifelong lover of learning. Jen takes every opportunity to soak up knowledge that will improve the systems and operations of any business. That is her Ravenclaw soul shining through her work. The success of the businesses Jen and her team works with is, and will always be their number one priority and passion. And I would be remiss in not sharing that if you plan on hiring, not just next month, but the next six months and the next year, it really isn't too early to start thinking about what type of support you need and setting up some structure so it'll make it really easy once you're ready to bring on that person. We have the Dream Team Starter Kit, which is a free download and it gives you a place to workbook and really envision what your personal vision and values are for your business. How to do a really simple time study so you know where all of your time is going. And then because I'm an OBM and lover of spreadsheets, we have tracking. So you have a place to store those tasks and the information that you gather from the first two sections of the workbook. You can find this resource at www.julietraining.com backslash starter kit. And the link is also in the show notes. I'm so excited for you to hear this episode. Jen, welcome to the podcast today. I am so happy to have one of my most favorite magical beings on and sharing your expertise with the world. So welcome. Thank you so much, Julie. I love working with you. You're so much fun. I, as an Enneagram seven, I really take that to heart because if it wasn't fun, then what am I even doing with my life? Uh, I I'm a nine,
0: so we're keeping the peace over here.
1: <laughs> so we had the introduction, but I would love if people could hear from you, what it is that you do to share your talents with the world.
0: Well, I help my clients actually realize the vision that they create. So we help them get to a place of, this is the outcome I want and sh- the, my clients, mostly mostly females, uh, and I co-create what that needs to look like in their business, create that strategic plan to move them forward. And then I have a, a team of magical wizards that we just make it happen so they don't have to think about, yes, but how do I make X talk to Y to create Z? It's like, you
1: don't need to know
0: that, honey. You just need to know what you want it to look like. We are like the genies in the bottle. Yes, master. Okay. Maybe not quite that, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm dating myself with, I dream of genie, but that's where my brain goes half the time. Like your wish is my command.
1: Man, I have to have my kids watch some of those episodes and then see if they're still as fun as I remember. Yes, master. (laughs) So. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey in business? You know, what brought you perhaps into the online space, if you want to share, and then what the evolution of your business has looked like to to where you're at now?
0: Well, it has been 20 years that I've
1: been in the
0: work for myself space, but I've been in the online space. I started in corporate space and being online in that I was uh, in the early net coding side of things, coding websites, pulling database information like long ago in galaxies far, far away. And, uh, 2001, the best man at our wedding, not that we had been married at that point, but his wife had a coaching business and she needed someone who could help her with constant contact and getting, all of the business cards that she had picked up at her networking local networking and getting them into contact constant contact and sending out messages so that's really where i started way back in 2001 doing that and still did some did corporate stuff in and out i have a really weird and diverse background Uh, Was a buyer planner for manufacturing companies. So I understand how equipment works and line processing, moving things through, which I feel has translated into the business that I really pivoted into in 2013 and then to more so 2014 when I got certified with Entreport and how all of that crazy all in one. CRM, email marketing system works. So I've been doing this whole, how do we send the emails to people and, and do it with love, really sending that love through email, which feels kind of weird to say that email can be spammy, but it also can be that place of love and a touch point for clients. And how do we do multiple things within a system to show show that love. Because for me, marketing is love. Marketing is about showing up and showing someone that you love them, even if they are many miles away or next
1: door. I love that so much. And I know for me, I have definitely used entreport with clients and it's such a beast. Like it can do so many things. And if you're not sure how to set the things up in the order that is most understood by the system, I think it can turn into quite a mess easily. Yes.
0: Every system has its quirks. There are things you need to do one way in one system and another way in another system. Some use the exact same words for completely opposite things. Oh boy, that's fun. So I find that I'm often translating the words like, oh, you have experience with active campaign. They use this word but in alterport, they use this word. These things are the same thing. Don't get confused. It's not different. Do it this way. And I, I like to imagine how all the different pieces come together to make it go. And most people don't like the crazy that I have (laughs) that the crazy idea. I start going, yes, well, this connects to this and this connects to that. And they go, okay, that's a lot of information. I don't need to know that, Jen. Just make it happen.
1: Okay. But one thing I love in that when you first said this, it like blew my mind a little bit because you talked early on about how automations and that kind of tech setup could be another team member because it's doing so much work for you. And I would love it if you would share a little bit about that philosophy.
0: I look at every tool that you bring into your business, especially when you're as a working as a solopreneur. Every every tech tool that you bring in is really filling a role of a human from an HR place. What is this role that you want to have happen in in the business? So, a, an all in one system does fills more roles than just an email system. So if you have a MailChimp, a MailerLite, a constant contact, really, they're more centered around sending an email, which makes them really your director of communications. They're the one that is sending out that that message of love. They may or may not, depending on how, how much you pay for the systems because there's higher levels that do more things. If someone were to respond to that email, your system may or may not be able to route it and have other responses to it. But these systems are built based on what you design. So when someone with my cringe moment, my pet peeve, someone posts in a Facebook group, Hey, what email marketer or email system should I use? It just makes me cringe because I want to know, well, what do you actually need this system to do for you? Are you looking for a system that can also process your payments? Are you looking for a system that can host your sales pages? Are you looking for a system that just sends out emails? Do you need a system that can trigger things in on your website, can capture different tasks. There's a ton of tasks that you could have your systems do. And until you can evaluate these, this is what I need it to do. This is what I want it to do. You can't really look at the features and benefits of the different tech stacks and apply it to that.
1: And to be fair, some people just don't know, you know, you might have Um, At that point, you might be a service provider with a certain offer and you don't know that in six months, you're going to pivot and maybe have a digital offer or introduce other things in your business or have an agency. Can you talk to us about what you mean by tech stack?
0: A tech stack is the different tools that you bring in, the different technologies, sometimes referred to as SaaS, which is software as a service, S-A-A-S. It's the Click Funnels, the Dubsado, Slack, your Gmail, all of the tech things you pay for or use for free in your business that creates your tech stack. And it's your tech stack. Everything in your tech stack has a job in your business. It's like an employee. And you get to determine... Is that monthly, yearly, or zero salary, is it actually filling that the roles that I need it to? Is it worth it? Am I getting a return on investment? Just like when you hire someone to work for things in your business, you're looking for, well, what's the return on this time that I'm paying for? Same with your technology. So look at your technology from a place of, what do I need it? to do for me is your email marketing system need to do more than just send out messages does it need to be need to be able to have tags because I'm connecting it to another uh, another system like a membership site that needs to release a program that you're buying whether that be something through a member press or access ally or wishlist or Anything to a teachable out there, like what other things do I need it to talk to? Is another big piece to look at when you're looking at these items that make up your tech stack.
1: For sure. I spend as an OBM so much time thinking for my clients, like what are I go in maybe with a different perspective because I'm looking at number one, what are their non negotiables? What tech do they have in their business that they Are obsessed with and don't want to let go of. Sometimes that's a few things, and sometimes it's none. Sometimes they have no attachment and just want things to work. And then the other thing I'm always looking for is something that has as many things as possible inside of it that also work really well. Because for me, I have found that the less things you have to connect, the less chances of the thing breaking is. And so, if I can go into FG funnels, for example, build a funnel, connect the email, uh, connect a payment, uh, send out appointment reminders, if I can have a system that does more things within it, yes, things can break inside the system, but I find that it's more rare than if I'm connecting things outside of the system.
0: It's always the connect. The more connection points you have, the more points of potential failure you have. So it's looking at all of those pieces and you might be in a place where no, right now I'm cash poor. I have to bootstrap it. So I'm willing to spend the $25 a month to have Zapier because I'm doing the annual of 250. I can find 250 bucks to be able to have that connection piece, but I can't find $200 a month. To have it all live in Entreport or uh the 119, I think it is for FG funnels. I can't find that right now, but I can do 25. So we'll do the 25 in the now. And knowing that you're gonna be okay for now and plan for I may need to move to a different system in the future. That's a piece that doesn't always come up from it's a mindset thing that pops up actually pretty frequently with clients of I've been using this tech I know what can go wrong with this tech you want to move me to this new tech and I don't know what could go wrong with it and if but all of their tech stack is currently with a wing a prayer duct tape a little bit of spit some bailing wire like any moment any shift could break the whole thing and they're in a space of yeah, but I'm hitting my upper limit of the six figure mark and I'm not going to be able to get to seven figures because this thing is going to break on me.
1: You're speaking my language. Cause I don't know if this is just an Alaska thing, but pretty much our culture is anything can be fixed with duct tape. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> MacGyver it man. MacGyver <laughs> I mean, again, dating myself going anyway.
1: <laughs> yes duct tape. And then I think spam, we consume less spam than Hawaii, but probably not by much.
0: It's <laughs> uh it's an interesting, interesting space when you're looking at some of these systems though of, Definitely. Oh, how, how have you gotten yourself to this seven figure business on MailChimp? That's crazy. Oh, you're actually an eight figure business and you're on MailChimp. That's <laughs> crazy pants. How did you get here? Yes.
1: So let's transition and move into launches. There's so many things that you and I could talk about and we definitely might need a part two, but I think for the purpose of this episode, a lot of people are launching and it's more and more I think in this space, I've seen a lot of talk about what launches can look like. And I love the conversation that's also shifting into, it doesn't have to look like crazy town. It doesn't have to look like chaos and stress. And I mean, by nature, there's going to be more work, more team hours, more showing up. And so that in itself is already... A big energy output. But when you're able to use some of these tools, whether they're tech tools, you can rely on your team and really have a little bit of a runway to plan ahead, Uh, you can have not only a successful launch, but one that is not, you're not going to come out of completely frazzled and burnt out and never want to do it again.
0: So when it comes to launches, I really like to break it into two parts we've got the launch part, and then we've got the funnel part. The funnel is all the technical stuff. It's what needs to get set up in order to sell and deliver whatever it is you're selling, be that coaching or an info product or a membership site. Like the tech piece is part of the funnel build. And that's the part that I love to play in the most is all the tech behind the scenes stuff. But the launch, when you're launching something, you're actually dealing with the tech build, but you're showing up and doing the marketing side. It's how do you wave your flag in a way that your people go, oh my gosh, there you are. I've been looking for your solution and I'm ready to give you your money. So both of those pieces come into play. And when you're looking to hire somebody, it's you get to look at both, both pieces of that puzzle for your level. So often when I'm dealing with clients, I'm really categorizing them into four areas. That first area is I don't really have a list or I have my friends that are on a list and I'm sending people to, or I've found a few people I've worked with on a, you know, they're you're in the newer stage of business or you've been offline and killing it. And now you're shifting to online. So you may not have all, all that big Rolodex and you may or may not have a tested offer yet you're in that new space of things in your case you probably need someone who can give you advice on the direction for your selling for your for your offer for your launch and may need to hire a person to build it if you're really bootstrapping you're going to go through and spend more time than more money in order to sell your thing. And cause you're really just testing stuff out, right? Is that newer phase? But when you shift into, yeah, I'm, I'm in business. I know I'm in business. I have a thing that I sell. I have a list. It may not be a big list, but maybe it's, you know, up until about 5k on your list of people you're emailing on a semi-regular basis. And you have a thing to sell. In that case, you probably are getting advice from a coach or a mentor already. They're providing you the strategy and the pathway you want to go. And you may just hire out to do the the actual building of it. It's the content piece that you you cannot abdicate. You have to create your own content. And if you're not happy with copywriting, that's me. I don't like to do copywriting. Uh you likely want to find someone you can partner with to help create your content, your copy specifically for your sales page. That is where I find you'll get more bang for your buck is spending some time with a with a good copywriter who's willing to co-create with you, to sit with you and pull out all the juicy bits. That's, you know, the the fun of launching. Yes. content. That's always, let's just get real. Every tech person is waiting on content and every tech person I've hired to do stuff for me is always waiting on content. My copywriters are always waiting on content, which is why I say you find one that you're willing to pay to sit with you and pull stuff out of you that will help so much better and go so much faster for everybody
1: percent. and knowing who you are when you come in, because when I've worked with people, I'm like, listen, this is where I'm at. <laughs> I might need help with this. I know I might be a pain about that. And I think just having that conversation upfront can go a long way because, uh, it's like a mutual understanding from the beginning. Exactly.
0: And it's really more a consultation kind of conversation
1: where their job is they
0: know that their job is to pull the meat and potatoes out of your scramble because that's really what's going on in, in those first couple levels of, of business. is like, I don't even know what I do, what I stand for, how to even talk about what I do. You do word vomit and they turn it into something magical and you go, oh my God, I want to to, to buy this thing. Oh, wait, that's my that, that's my program. Holy
1: Moses! Holy Moses! Uh, well, it's hard to works. see outside of our own bottle. You know, our label outside of our bottle. So other people looking in can read that label and just have an insight that we're sitting inside and we we can't see all those things always easily. Exactly. Oh, yeah.
0: So I think we just talked about the first two. Yes.
1: Earlier, two. Levels, there's two right? more.
0: Yeah. Yeah the the space of I've got like five to 15,000 people on my list. I'm I'm doing well. I've sold something. I've sold something pretty consistently. I'm making decent money. You're usually in like the six-figure, high six-figure rate at this point. You might be lower depending on what it is that you're selling, but you're feeling pretty confident. You might have some people on your team that might be able to do the build-out for you. You may not need someone to do build-out. But this is the time that you really want to to have a conversation with somebody who specializes in the whole launch piece, someone that can map everything out for you so that your team can implement. You may or may not hire an agency to do all the build at this point, but you really want that strategist to say, okay, let me look at what you've done. Great." Here's how we can optimize that, tweak that, and make that even better. Or I've done this. I've sold it this way. I've made some money. I don't love it. Can we do something new? Give fresh eyes to how you want to sell your thing. Mm -hmm. And then anybody who has a list more than 15,000, which I'm fortunate enough that most of my clients do. I'm, I'm working in Entreport, and most of my clients are seven and eight figure businesses in that space. So that, let me just tell you, that has its own set of crazy that happens that you don't see in the others.
1: It really does. <laughs>
0: 100%. They've got multiple offers, multiple things that they're selling. And often when they start working with me, they haven't connected them. Maybe they have, well, this one leads to this one. Like, Here's the regular regular and we have, the advanced, because they've covered the first bit and they've got their basic standard. Now they're moving to the next round, like that piece. But as a as a bigger business, you're looking more holistically at all the different pieces. And that for sure is when an agency is going to come into play for your business. You have mentors that are telling you this is what I am, this is what I'm doing. You've got coaches that are helping you see what's possible for your future, but everything may still be disjointed. It's really a space of not only what does my launch calendar look like, because they have the gear already planned out and know this is the windows of things, yes. but how do I optimize the operational side of my business? Are there things we can systematize in our tech, in our tech stack, going back to that tech stack thing, are there ways we can optimize things so that that everything runs more efficiently and effectively to allow my team, allow their team, to connect more with their people rather than be stuck in all the minutia of is this working? <laughs> Which just remember in launch time. Everything that could go sideways is going to go sideways. That's part of the universe and testing. And you will have breakdowns before the break, the big breakthroughs. Uh, I have a couple of clients that almost always have some kind of major plumbing thing happen just before, like actual plumbing, like yes. water, <laughs> you know, water flooding their basement kind of pl- Plumbing issues every time before they launch. It's so interesting. Uh, it's always fun. We get to go, okay, so let's take bets. Uh, what is the
1: breakdown, physical breakdown that's going to
0: happen before our breakthrough today?
1: Yeah. So, so funny. I have a couple questions. One thing that occurred to me is I know you talked specifically about email list numbers and how, in your experience, those are corresponding. On the other side, to perhaps like a launch revenue or maybe just general revenue and business. I'm wondering if email list numbers always correspond in that way in your experience, or can somebody have a much smaller email list numbers but have the same revenue that other businesses might have for that? Um, Because if people are evaluating what service do I need at what level, is the list size one of the most important things, or are there other things to consider at those different levels?
0: List size is one of the easiest ways to know what, what area I have had some anomaly clients where they've had really small lists, but they have high revenues and high revenues come from either they're selling something that is very high ticket. Uh, like they're selling a five figure, mm-hmm. yeah, a five figure or higher product to A small number of people Mm -hmm. or uh, businesses that have already put into place some of the strategies and tactics that a higher performing list and business may have. So when you're talking about that high level business that has the over 15,000 people on their list, they've got processes in place to do list cleaning that if someone's not engaging in X time period, they are being blessed and released. They're given an opportunity to wave their their hands and say, no, 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 don't purge me. But they are purging people because email deliverability, ISPs, that's internet service providers, the uh, Hotmails, MSNs, Google's, Oh, yeah, definitely Gmail, all of your service, internet service providers have protocols that they look at. And if their people that are receiving these emails from you are not consistently opening them or are marking them as spam, or it comes in and it goes straight to the trash can, their AIs are seeing that information and going, Hmm, well, I don't know, but these people, my people actually want me to deliver this email. So I'm going to go like hide it from them, protect them because I love them. Yeah, they put all your fun stuff into spam. We know that this happens, right? You go, yes. where did that email? P- like I sent this email out. Why has no one clicked? Yeah, it's probably because your the internet service providers didn't deliver it where your person can see it. So to help them, they're making sure that the people that are most engaged are seeing their emails first. And like they may actually be segmenting out. I have some clients that I have set stuff up to segment out. Their newsletter goes out on Thursdays. If you consistently open their emails, you're getting their email at 7 a.m., And if you haven't opened their email in a few months, you're not getting it for two or three hours after that because we purposely have set it up to have the hyper responders see it first. The ISPs go, oh, yes, our people, people love you. Yes, we'll deliver. So even those people who aren't as active, it's we're trying to get them into their inbox. So this is all roundabout to say (laughs) that there are people like myself, I I do this for other people. My list size is under 5,000, but I'm constantly pruning my list. I'm constantly checking now. Okay. The last year and a half, I have not been emailing my list very consistently. So I have not been pruning my list as aggressively because I just haven't been emailing. That's me. Cobblers, kids don't have shoes. Totally there. And I have a small list for a reason because I've, choosing to keep a small list. It's that quantity, uh, quality over quantity. And there are a lot of businesses that do that. And it's math sales as math. Yes. So know that 1% of the people who see your offer are going to buy. And it's easiest to use your list size as that piece. On some of my clients, we are not even just looking at list size who we normally email. We're looking at how many are in that engaged, they've engaged in the last month and using that as the benchmark for the 1% of people that are likely to buy in any given launch. Because you have a wider, just because you have more people that are seeing it doesn't mean you have that many that are going to buy.
1: Right. And that's one question I had for you is if somebody is thinking I could really benefit from a strategy session or perhaps somebody coming in and, you know, having like a VIP day where somebody's looking at all my tech stack, my funnel, making sure everything's working correctly or get me prepped for a launch, like get me a launch plan. So then I could take it with my team and implement how important is it for people to come in with the metrics and tracking, if they have done any launches before, because you know from the OBM side, we really want to look at those numbers. And I always tell my clients, those numbers make the decision so much easier. Because you know, if somebody's coming in to your opt-in and then hitting your list and then hitting your sales page, let's say that's not a typical launch funnel, but that's just building your list and and maybe like an evergreen something, maybe a smaller offer. And if you can see, well, people are hitting my email list, but then those emails aren't converting. Then we focus our attention there. You can really pinpoint and identify what small changes you could make to make a big difference. So do you find yourself helping people set that up or would you prefer, or would it be really helpful if people had those numbers before they came to you and how do they know what numbers to, to bring to you?
0: I find that I'm the one that's digging in to get those numbers that even in my bigger clients don't have those numbers oh, that or, they, my heart. <laughs> or, or they don't know where to look for those numbers is Ooh. more specifically. And I, I say this with love. There are some business owners that go into some of these calls and they're in a, in a place that they're feeling not enough. And that what they write down as these are my numbers, you dig into it and go, that's not actually your numbers. And you just weren't feeling confident in sharing your true numbers. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause as a strategist, my job isn't to judge you. Oh, you're, you're a crappy business. Cause you haven't done this. My job, cause me, I'm driven by service. My job is to help you be the best you that you can be,
1: and mm-hmm.
0: that means that I need to look at the data. Yes, I'm a data nerd, and geez, just before this uh, conversation, I was having, I was sending a message going, "Oh, the the um, ads team that you hired isn't using UTM variables, so we're not able to track effectively who came in from the ads that they're running." Mm. We have to take it based on what facebook is saying are the people we can't actually track that back that's not ideal now fortunately ads just turned on a week ago so we only have a week's worth of people that we're sorting through and having to figure out okay well they're new to the list are our ads are all to new traffic okay that they have to have come from here not this other place but uh they're launching in a month. And so we're doing that prep work and going, oh, we don't have this. We need to fix that.
1: It's interesting that definitely a common theme. I've spoken about it with other OBMs in this space is that if there was something I could tell clients coming in for any service with an OBM, whether that's a strategy call or VIP day or a retainer, there's a lot of shame that people come with about, oh, you know, you're going to, you're going to cringe when you see my Google drive. You're just going to, you're going to roll your eyes when you see this, but there's absolutely no judgment from me. It's always a sense of wonder that people can still, like I come from that place where it's magic to me that people were able to create these businesses and these products and things that really help and serve a large number of people. And so I don't care if you don't have a project management system or if things are a little messy, if anything, I, it's like more fun to go in because it's really easy wins to be able to say, oh, well, let's just start tracking these metrics. Let's get this cleaned up. And within a short amount of time, you can really solidify and or build that foundation to for them to be able to propel and then grow in the way that they want to. So I, I had, we hadn't ever had this conversation before, but I, I hadn't heard that, but it doesn't surprise me. And I know you would share my sentiment in telling people like, don't there, nobody's judging you. Or at least if you're working with somebody who's judging you or has that kind of attitude, you're working with the wrong person.
0: Exactly. Your ideal person, whoever that person is is not going to judge you for the state of your business. You created your business out of nothing, nothingness. You created it out of an idea. And now you get to do this thing for other people and you wish to grow it to the next stage and serve even more people. And the fact that, you know, this is a mess and that energy, I'm going woo. Cause I, I do go the woo space. Like energetically, you have bound up all of this fear around this mess. And every time you even think about it, it's holding that piece is holding you back from growing mm-hmm. and being even bigger. So the fact that you're you're being brave and saying, I'm ready to deal with this, the, to tackle this mess. You're asking for help. That's a really vulnerable space to be in. And I think everybody who's in a service space will respect that for you and respect that of you, yeah. not judge you for it. Now we may we may judge you for like, why have you been on this for so long? They may ask those questions. That's not really a judge thing, but it's like, well, why have you been using this particular tool for so long? Well, I just understood how to use that tool. So we just stayed with it. It didn't break. So I stayed with it. Okay. Now we have the conversation. Are you willing to shift out of that tool to something else?
1: And sometimes people are, and sometimes they're not quite ready, but I think having the education and awareness that there are potentially other solutions is, you know, it can be step one for sure.
0: You you know, you may have ended up on MailChimp because you posted on a Facebook group and said, I need someone, (laughs) something. And so you ended up on MailChimp. But now that you've been in it for a while, you realize, oh, my needs are actually very different than what, like, yeah, MailChimp's good. It's giving me exactly this piece, but what I need is something very different. And then you get to have that conversation of, oh, this other tool will give me this kind of information. And that makes better sense to me. I'd love to do that.
1: And I feel like You know, if we transition into talking about if somebody is hiring for either someone to do strategy, someone to do at some tech builds, or bringing on an agency to really complete and take over their, you know, the main parts of their launch, we've identified one red flag is if you feel judgment, energy, or an eye roll, even if you just, if you feel that back, then that's not the right person. The other, thing I'm wondering is for me, it could potentially be a red flag. If someone only works within specific systems, maybe you already have identified this is a system I want to work in. So you find a specialist in that system. But I also think depending on the business's needs, there are going to be different things I recommend and the client's personality who they have on their team. And so I really want to give a custom solution to where somebody's at in their business what they enjoy and how they like to work and then who's on their team. And that, that varies sometimes really drastically from person to person. So for me, it's a red flag when somebody says, everybody should be on X platform. I'm wondering if you have that same philosophy because you are (laughs) like, you live and breathe the tech. And so what do you think about that?
0: I don't like absolutes. I well entreport is my go-to. I know, but not every business is served with entreport. Now from a technical place, from my business, from a business standpoint, my business really only builds for clients who are in entreport. That doesn't mean that I can't have a conversation with somebody who is in MailChimp. In fact, I have had many a conversation in the last six months with people who are on MailChimp and are actually trying to evaluate where they should go. Mm-hmm. And we have the conversation of like, what are you trying to do? Is Entreport the right solution for you? Maybe, maybe not. I've, I think I've had four of those conversations, three of which didn't end up moving into Entreport. And they were seven and eight figure businesses that were operating in MailChimp. And a whole bunch of other systems that were working, but they weren't going to allow them to go to their next level. So they were looking at, okay, what serves me in this, in this moment when we get you moved in? It needs to do these things. Yes, Entreport can do those things. Great. And where am I going next? What do I need to be able to do? Can Entreport do that for me? One of them, it was not the right move for them. Mm -hmm. We actually, uh, they were an active campaign, ended up being the better solution for them because they didn't need to do a whole bunch of other stuff. They were already using ClickFunnels for their funnels and they just needed to be able to send out emails more reliable, more reliably. Okay, active campaign, ClickFunnels, they are happy together go forth, and go there, move out of MailChimp, go to ActiveCampaign, and you'll be great.
1: Definitely. Right? I, yeah. I think we all have our favorites. I have my favorite systems. And if my favorite systems match up with all the criteria for a client, I'm really, really extra excited. But I know that you know, if I use ClickUp for project management, the level of customization works for me and for some clients at their journey in business, it's really going to be too, too big of a system for them, too confusing, not what they need at that time. So it sounds like we agree that if somebody is telling everybody that the same cookie cutter solution and or tech stack is right for all business owners, then that's potentially a red flag. Yes.
0: Although I agree with you that I should be on ClickFunnels or not ClickFunnels, ClickUp. They should be on <laughs> ClickUp. That, that actually is a conversation I have with many of the clients that want to work with me. It's like, okay, what's your project management system? Okay. Are you using it? And if they say no, but my team is, then we have a conversation. If they say no, and my team's not, then we're having a conversation about moving them to ClickUp because they need to start using it. And so far, I've moved three people that have been that case. And the business owner goes, "Oh my god, I'm I, I can actually see the exact things I need to work on right now. I love clicking off things. Yes, like, oh,
1: <laughs>
0: score a client that's actually using the tool. Crazy.
1: <laughs> so, what other red flags? do you can you think of or would you tell people if they're hiring for somebody to look at their tech stack, their automations, to give them a launch plan, if they're coming in to actually implement those things? Do you have thoughts about what other red flags potentially are or things that you should just look at in the hiring process?
0: I feel like every situation for every situation, whether you're hiring a person or hiring a, a team or buying software, it all comes down to what's your desired outcome. What are the the things that they must do, must be able to do? What are your must haves versus your desires? Because you always have an expectation. Everyone, everyone has an expectation. They come into a conversation and they're expecting something, If you're not clear on your expectations, it's hard for you to evaluate if the other person can meet those expectations. It's all about, does my crazy match your crazy? Mm -hmm. And I say that really, really bluntly because I know I'm crazy and I can usually tell if my crazy can put up with your crazy. I'm a business owner, you're a business owner, you have boundaries, I have boundaries. And if I can't hold my boundaries with you in just our first conversation, we we should not work together because we won't be in exchange energetically or financially. It just when you're out of exchange, things don't work well. So how do you get to to it? How do you create that win-win? well, I want this and this is how I'm going to measure it, measure that we have been successful Mm -hmm. is amazing. If you go into the discovery call with, this is what I expect. And this is how I'm going to measure that we were successful in that. Mm -hmm. I've had a couple conversations where the other side has come in with that knowledge already. And it's just been easy to say, great. We can totally do meet those expectations. Here's how we will track that information to make sure that we're hitting our needs and have that open dialogue.
1: And how much self-reflection or what can people do to determine before they go into a call like this, that something is the right fit? Because certainly I, luckily I don't run across this very often, but I know people do when they're trying to hire, they're looking at somebody might have really great testimonials, which I'm not saying testimonials aren't a good tool to look at things, but they show a small piece of a larger picture. And you can't just obviously rely on those. So you look at that and somebody might be really amazing in the sales call. Some people have great sales skills, and you know, they I'm not saying people will sell you into something that you don't need, but I also think. Not everybody is going to be able to say, this isn't for you right now, or this could be for you if you get A, B, and C in place, and we can start here. So is there anything that you recommend in this area that people can do beforehand to evaluate if they're ready for a certain offer, is that specifically looking at what category they're in, you know, that you talked about the four different categories, that's one piece, but is there anything else that you would recommend somebody look at to say, mm, I might be ready for this and ready to have a conversation. And I might not be,
0: I have two different and distinct things that I look at when I go into these kind of conversations. One is the more practical place. Do my expectations, including financially, what I have budgeted for this particular project, are we in alignment? What I'm looking to spend for this outcome, is this person going to meet that? Like we agree on that space. And then there's the more woo for me is I really do pay attention to my intuition and how I feel when I. An hour after a phone call is how do I feel about that conversation? Do I feel that I had to hide who I was with the other person, be more than or less than who I am, or was I able to show up as me in that moment? That's my more woo one, which has yet to steer me wrong that I have to show up as some, somebody else. On that call, either either side, whether I'm hosting the call or or looking to hire somebody, if I had to show up differently, felt that I had to, to be different, they aren't my person.
1: I would definitely say out of, you know, if we were going to disclose that I have hired for your agency before, so you are an entrepreneur and a business owner who. Knows very much who and what they want in their circle and can identify that very quickly. There are sometimes other owners who are like, well, this person could be great for this. This person could be great for that. And you will know within, I would say, minutes, if not seconds of viewing a video or even, you know, in the first stage, just looking at their application. It's very easy for you to be able to go through and say, yes, no, yes, no. I would like to learn more about this person or I know right off the bat, this is just not a fit.
0: Yeah. I have had to, it's taken practice to get to a place for me to raise my hand and say, Julie, I know I'm going to need to hire for this particular job soon and not be in the place of, oh my God, Julie, we needed to hire this person yesterday. I'm drowning. I just need a body. Yes. Cause when I hire for a person to just fill the seat, cause I'm drowning, it's not usually been a long-term fit
1: when anybody hires for that. That's, you know, if I had a pet peeve about hiring or we sometimes laugh and <laughs> Don't feel bad if this is you and you've done this because I think it's the most common thing, but when people fill out my form, when they book a call with me, and I think my, one of my questions is what's your ideal start date? One of the most common answers is like two weeks ago, yesterday, you know, it is that we're, we're all so extremely busy. And so we do tend to also put our own business sometimes on the back burner unless we have a system in place to have ceo days to really focus some time and energy on our business and then when we do go to do the thing it's it's like okay I really have needed this for a very long time and now I'm putting it in place and maybe for what I'm doing because I am kind of helping put all those pieces in place for an owner and so we can I can help them strategize to come out of that sort of cycle, but I do think it's anybody who hires in that type of energy, it's challenging to then really be discerning for finding the right fit for who and what you want.
0: Yeah. It's really about the time. How much time do you have to get to where you're going? But the newer business owner, we're talking about these four levels again, That, but first one we're in bootstrap mode. So bootstrap mode is going to take a lot longer to get to the finish line because you have more time. Ta- you need to t- spend more time than you probably have money to invest in it in whatever it is. You may spend a little bit on a tech setup if you were so not tech savvy but you're looking for a specialist. You're hiring for a specific project. This is not your general admin. That's trying to run your business. This is, I just need this to talk to this. Can you just build this thing? It's a flat fee so that you get you as the business owner can budget for it and go, okay, where am I going to come up with that $2,000 to get this funnel all built out because I am so not techie level and maybe it's not $2,000, but it's that, you know, that flat fee number that you go, okay, this is what I'm doing. And that's, that's what I'm doing. Cause I don't, you either have that money and you know, you can, can invest it, or I don't know how long it's going to take me for me to learn this tech, but I'm going to learn this tech to make it go. So that's the, the longer window. That second space of, yeah, I'm, I'm doing stuff. I'm, I'm bringing in some money. You're going to be really focused on, again, likely a project-based, I just need you to do this this thing with a very defined scope. That's really uh, another flag, is you want to have a defined scope. If someone gives you a contract that is loosey-goosey and they don't say, I'm doing this and this is my box that I'm going to operate in, that's a flag that... They, as a business owner, are likely newer and things can expand and get a little bit crazy. So, you need to just be aware that you could have deadlines that may not be hit on either side because no one has those boundaries set.
1: So, what advice would you give to people who are in that first phase and they're starting out and they're building? I know. One piece of advice could be don't compare yourself to people in, you know, step four. When you're in step one, that's going to look drastically different. And there are strategies that you can implement that people teach in various programs or, you know, just for free in the online space, but not getting that imposter syndrome and thinking, my launch, it doesn't look like I, I don't have emails going out every day. I don't. They've spent years and sometimes longer really refining. Building, testing, investing in that um, that entire launch, and they're looking at that, and hopefully they're looking at some metrics and numbers. You know, each time they do it, to try to improve and do better. So, do you have any other advice for people who are starting out, and they think I would I would obviously love to have an offer and be able to build to the place where I can have somebody come in and help me do these things. What? can they put into place what kind of mindset can they have in order to be more successful when they do want to bring that person on
0: look at i'm i'm back at this place of be really clear about what your objective is what is this outcome that you are going for and is do the numbers back me up so if you're newer in business you have a, a list of less than a thousand people, and you're expecting that you're going to have a hundred people buy your thing. The numbers don't don't match there. Realistically, one percent of your list is going to buy. So those numbers don't match. That doesn't mean you can't have a hundred people end up buying your product over the life of your product if it's like a a, a tiny offer but be mindful that your success is defined differently than someone else's. And a win in an early business could be, holy crap, two people said yes to my thing. That's amazing. Two two people said yes. One person said yes. Mm -hmm. Cool. You have a thing that, that someone has said yes. They've, they've given you validation that That this particular offer is something that they might be interested in. And now you get to experience it with them and create something that you may be able to sell again.
1: And not being discouraged because two people saying yes, that's huge. Like that's you're showing up and you're saying, you know, I'm going to serve these two people the best that I possibly can. And, you know, next time. Maybe I'll be talking to more people. Maybe I'll be talking to another two people, but growth very rarely, very, very rarely looks like I put something out and it just catches fire. Those examples that we see in this space are often people who've worked for many, many, many years, and they might've had different iterations. They might've had different products. And so they have some of these systems in place and yeah, they could put out an offer and the offer could take off. But if you really dig in, there was a lot of other things at play usually.
0: Yeah. Like if, if you're in that bootstrap place, it's no shame to have your sales page via Google
1: doc. Oh sales and, pages that are google docs i have seen those convert so well they're they're great that have a, a button from
0: paypal on it for them for you to just click to buy like that level is totally okay you do not need to have the fancy click funnels one funnel away challenge level of funnel hacking thing you don't have to have the pretty pretty yes we uh, as females we probably want all the pretty pretty But you don't need to have the super fancy, especially if it's something new that you've never sold before or have sold to one person before. And now you're opening it up. Uh, You're you're sending out some emails. You're posting on social media. You're probably having a one-to-one conversation with somebody, even if it's Facebook chat or Instagram DM, whatever, uh, to get those people
1: that go to the sales
0: page and probably you've Already sold them before they went to
1: that page. Probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's your warm it, market, a hundred percent. It's if you're under a thousand people on your list, it's likely warm
0: market that's hiring you, or it's a referral. It's somebody else that, that asking the question, "Who do you know who needs this?" Send them to here. It's it's all. Every sale is a win at that place. And once you have that, and you've proven that this works for you. This is something that you like to deliver. Oh my goodness. So here's the thing. If you're newer in business, you may not have experienced this yet. The thing you sell right now may not be the thing you sell in a year Mm -hmm. because you may start selling it and and then delivering fulfilling on that and go, Oh my God, I hate doing social media, Facebook ads. I don't, don't give me that. I don't want to do that. That's not my thing. I don't sell that. It's my agency does not provide lead generation because I don't love it. That's not the area of happy that I want to play in. I want to play in operations. I want to play in delivery. I want you to have a great customer experience. And how do we make that fancy with the system doing half the heavy lifting for your team? That's my happy. But, oh, you have to tell me, you, you want me to get new people onto your list? Oh, please no. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll build your opt-in page. I'll build your, that's fine. We can, we can build stuff. We'll capture them. We'll start sending them your, your nurture emails. That's totally fine. But don't make me find you leads. That's, that's not my, that's not what I do. There are Definitely. many people who are so much better than that than, than me. So I, I tried that for a bit for a short bit and I went, Oh, nope refund your
1: money. Nope. Not doing that. Mm -mm. I love it. It, I mean, we're always learning and refining what we want to do and don't be scared that if there's something that you don't like whether whatever part of your business it's in, you can still have a successful business and not do that one thing because people are coming to you. For your expertise. And, you know, when you talk about Legion, they're experts in that, that they could, you know, find and hire, or they might be really talented in that themselves. So you attract an ideal client that loves that piece, is really good at it, and then you can show up in your expertise.
0: And you might define your ideal client as this. And six months later, go, hmm, actually, my ideal client is this other thing. Totally, 100% happens. It is not uncommon to change your mind if you're in the early stages, because that's the beauty of it. You're creating this out of your mind, your yes. thoughts. So you get to change them. I know. crazy, right? You don't have to stick with the thing.
1: And let's say one more. I think we'd be remiss in not saying that sometimes people get stuck in the creation mode. And so they're like, I'll learn how to build my own funnel. And six months later, they're still building a funnel, building their program or their offer, tinkering around, switching systems for like the third time. But it's because the fear of finally having eyes on it and making it public. So if you find your, it's okay. If you're really interested or, you know, or you're just in a place in your business where you are bootstrapping things and you're starting out or you're further along, make sure that you have accountability in your team or in your life, where if you're spending too long on this phase, you're not going to ever get information back about how to improve, refine, and really hit your mission out in the world. So make sure that you're You know, you're not spending all this time figuring out the tech and finding the perfect tech stack and building, you know, a tech stack that's going to work for a six-figure business when you're haven't brought in a ton of revenue. Like don't you don't need to think that far ahead. Everything can be tweaked and improved and moved down the line. And don't don't do it.
0: Yeah. What's what's your minimal viable product, your MVP? That can be in your tech stack. That can be in your funnel build. That can be in your program that you're selling. Like what's the minimum that I need in order to see the outcome? The minimum I need is I need a, a button or in the, the minimum I need is a way for someone to pay me. That's the minimum that you need.
1: There you go. So speaking of people paying you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you share with us how you love to work with people at what different levels and then how people can reach out to you? Like, where do you want to communicate? Uh, Where do you hang out?
0: Spellbindingmarketingsystems.com
1: is my website.
0: It's where you can find all the happiness of that is me, including a, a guide on automations that you should probably have in your business to set up and and have that regular metrics spaces. It's different uh, different campaigns, so it's a great way if you're bootstrapping to go. Okay, this is what I need. Here's the minimum amount of uh, emails that I need and whatnot uh, to put all that stuff together. So definitely check me out there. I, I do hang out on Facebook more than any other social media. Thing and it's also spellbinding marketing systems on there.
1: Well, we'll have it in the show notes, so they can just so go there and click. See, make it easy. <laughs> so You make it so much easier for
0: me, Julie. And now that I have an agency, my team does most of the build out and the larger connections. So most of my clients are working with me in. Uh, short-term capacity. Really, we're doing business intensives, looking at what you have in your business and how to connect all those dots, and/or um, a sales funnel launch uh, intensives of this is what I'm selling and this is what that needs to look like. Whether you choose to use us or not to do the rest of the build and manage that whole process for you, or just I need the plan because I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, we, we do that too. So uh, just know we're, we're planners and builders and we, it all starts with the plan conversation and cause I'm more of that strategist person uh, right now, I'm, I'm the person that's
1: doing all that fun stuff. So. If you're, you're really, really good at it. If I do say cra- so myself. Thank you.
0: If you're crazy, woo, uh, we will totally get along. And if you're not as crazy or as woo, we probably could still get along. Just know <laughs> that I'm, I I do bring in the woo because I'm uh, I'm magical and stuff. You sure are. I can attest to that. I have a, a magic wand and everything. I'll <laughs> even bring it to any intensives we have. I promise it's right here by my computer. So I wave it. Um,
1: People will have to check out your website because, you know, when you talk about like really knowing who you are and going in on a theme, um, it's so much fun to have conversations with people, whether it's hiring for you or whether just, you know, people who know you in the space, because you can definitely get a good sense of your personality, your loves and your talents by going to your website and seeing what's there. Well, this has just been an absolute pleasure. I can't think of the last time we just got to just chat and hang out. So
0: We should do this more often, Ms. Julie.
1: I think so. Well, thank you again, Jen, for spending this time today and also just sharing your incredible expertise about tech, automations, launching, and all sorts of other magical things. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. So much fun. So much fun. Until next time.